0: This is The Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Now, here's Jason Jones. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to The Jason Jones Show. I am your host, Jason Jones, on the road, broadcasting from the hill country of Texas, getting ready to head to Washington, D.C., Next week, I'm gonna have some great shows with some folks I'll be interviewing live in person and we'll actually try to stream those interviews. So make sure you subscribe to this show so you don't miss a single one. Give us five stars and write a nice review. That's good for my self-esteem. Okay, guys, so this is a very special show. Uh, I am gonna be interviewing Prime Minister in Exile of Chinese-occupied East Turkestan, uh, my good friend, Sally Hudaya. Uh, They're having an event tomorrow at the White House to bring attention to the participation of American corporations with China in the exploitation of Uyghur and other Turkic people who are living in concentration camps. And um, as I always say, this is why I do this show. This show exists to stand in solidarity with the most vulnerable people in the world at the most vulnerable times in their life. And... um, August 14th, which happens to be the feast of St. Maximilian Kolbe, my patron saint who died in a starvation bunker in Auschwitz on August 14th, did I just say September 14th? August 14th, 1941, but August 14th, 2020 at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. in front of the White House, Prime Minister Hudaya and the Uyghur community will be there to make their voices heard to the White House to uh, end the trade deal with China and to get get Congress and America to take action to get these camps closed. Do you know our ancestors, our ancestors, our grandparents, our great-grandparents during the Holocaust did not have near the evidence in the late 30s and 40s of what the Nazi Germans were doing to the Jews that we have of what China is doing to the Uyghur. We have drone footage of blindfolded, Uyghur men with their heads shaved, being shoved into trains. We had the U.S. government seize tons, tons of hair shaved off the heads of Uyghur women to be sold in kiosks across America. We know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that companies like Nike are using manufacturers that profit off the use of Uyghur slaves. Okay? Okay and if it is not the folks listening to the Jason Jones show that forces this issue to be front shelved you know who you are members of congress and uh, there's members of congress that listen to the show and they email me jason i never miss an episode you folks know who you are religious leaders you folks know who you know you know who you are community leaders if we are not the ones that make it our duty and it's easy to say what can i do and what does it have to do with me Well, do you wear Nike shoes? Do you go to the mall, drink smoothies, and walk past kiosks with Uyghur women's hair there? It's us. We live in a constitutional republic. We are the hegemon. It is our responsibility. But I just want to get on with the interview with one of the most heroic men alive in the world today. This young man. He's a young man. I like when you get to be 50. Now, you know, pretty soon everyone's going to be young. He's a young man, but he's a hero, and he is. He was elected by his people to be the prime minister in exile of East Turkestan, and he is tireless in sharing the plight of the Uyghur and other Turkic people. He always says other Turkic people. So let's get on with the interview with Prime Minister Salih Hudaya. Uh, this episode is being brought to you by movie to Movement and Movie to Movement's The Vulnerable People Project. Our mission is to produce and promote films that share the incomparable beauty of the human person and inspire people to live lives of solidarity. That's what Movie to Movement does. Go to movietomovement.com and check out our new movie, Divided Hearts of America, coming on pay-per-view September 14th. And Movie to Movement's The Vulnerable People Project. We run influence campaigns. What does that mean? We write white papers, articles, ghostwrite speeches, give speeches, and support podcasts like The Jason Jones Show. So go to movietomovement.com, thegreatcampaign.org, sign up to follow us there, become a monthly donor. That really helps. Okay, on with the show. Sally Hudaya on The Jason Jones Show. Aloha, Prime Minister Hudaya. Welcome to the Jason Jones Show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, brother, you know, I try to do updates on the Uyghur, on the Uyghur, as much as possible, and we haven't done an update. How long has it been? About a month?
1: I would say about so, yes.
0: And a, a lot has happened in the past month, right? Can you give us... First of all, I'm always shocked at elected officials, media professionals. Just yesterday, I talked to a national leading media figure who did not know about what was happening to the Uyghur, the Uyghur, in Chinese-occupied East Turkestan. So before we begin, can you give us just a quick synopsis of what is happening in East Turkestan uh, to the Uyghur at the hands of the Chinese, the government of China?
1: So uh, what's happening to the Uyghurs and the other Turkic peoples of East Turkestan is essentially... Colonization and genocide. Um, for the past 70 years, China has been occupying East Turkestan and colonizing it and engaging in a long campaign of genocide. But the past several years, they've been locking up millions of people in concentration camps, uh, using them as slave labor, um, increasing the harvesting of their organs, uh, sterilizing uh, the women and, in some cases, the men. Um, it's it's a 21st century holocaust in the making.
0: And we when the holocaust was happening to the Jews in Nazi Germany, we did not have near the evidence that the people at the time, the man on the street, the guy that was working in Queens, selling selling newspapers, himself, that guy who looked at a newspaper in the face every day, they did not have the evidence of genocide in the late 30s and early 40s that we have of what's happening to the Uyghur today in Chinese occupied East Turkestan, just in the past month, share, share with us some of the horrible revelations that the world has, we've has been revealed to the world in the past several months.
1: So in the past several months, one of the biggest things that was revealed is the fact that the Chinese government is engaging in the forced sterilizing sterilization of uh, women um, hundreds of thousands of Uyghur and other Turkic women have been sterilized by the uh, Chinese government, um, in a bid to control our population. Uh, furthermore, they're secretly transferring tens of thousands, possibly even hundreds of thousands of Uyghurs out of, uh, uh prisons and uh, concentration camps in East Turkestan to prisons inside China proper in areas, uh, like Near the Korean border, for example, or in other areas where uh, they have a an organ harvesting business that's booming.
0: Now, people don't people hear this; they don't believe it, right? They don't. It's so horrible they don't want to believe it. Isn't that one of the problems? What the Chinese are doing to the Uyghur is so horrible that people don't want to believe it.
1: Yes, unfortunately, uh, many people still to this day think that it's some type of conspiracy theory or something.
0: Or American propaganda. Um,
1: yeah, uh, especially, especially in, you know, the, the left, um, they, and especially in like left leftist countries or, um, you know, non-Western countries, uh, almost everybody assumes that it's just, uh, you know, American propaganda uh, against China, but it's not, I mean, it's this has been ongoing for decades and it's only that the past several years that um the international community especially the uh, US government um, has been talking about it under the uh, current Trump administration
0: you know i've been i have been um i used to work for ambassador sam, sam brownback and i'm he's just one of those men i'm so privileged to know to have had spent time with to when i worked on his campaign we traveled the country together and i got to he loves Sonic, and we would go to Sonic, and he likes those Sonic drinks. And he's just one of the most humane, beautiful men, and he has been courageous. He went to China while standing in China, demanded respect for the Uyghur and de- demanded that the Chinese government stop its, waging its war on religious and ethnic minorities. Um, also, Pompeo has been very bold and very brave. Who else? Where else are we seeing people speak up for the Uyghur?
1: In recent uh, the past month we had uh, Parliaments of uh, parliamentary members of Canada, um, the UK Parliament, even the French Parliament speaking up uh, out against what China is doing in East Turkestan. Um, hopefully we're trying to see if we can bring more European and essentially uh, other, other countries around the world to do, do the same.
0: There, there's there been revelations, there was drone footage of Uyghur men blindfolded being put on trains. What was the background of that? What do we know about how that footage was obtained and who those men were and where they were going?
1: So, from what we know, it was uh, secretly um, filmed uh, and uploaded, you know, several months ago on the YouTube by an unknown individual, um, but it seems to show the transfer of Uyghur detainees from Kashgar to um, we don't really quite know where, but we suspect that it's to uh, enter Chinese provinces um, to be sent into those prisons uh, where they're later, you know, held there until their, you know, organs are harvested.
0: Again, it's it's so unbelievable.
1: But everything
0: with China's treatment of the Uyghurs is unbelievable. And then I guess what hits closest to home because I own Nike shoes. I'm looking at a bag. As I'm talking to you in my Airbnb where I'm recording this on the road, uh, that has a Nike Swish on it, and it's it's being said that Nike uses Uyghur slaves to make their products. Is this true?
1: Unfortunately, the uh, company that uh, Nike has um, you know sourced out to is uh, uses um, you know. Uyghur and other Turkic peoples uh forced uh slave labor to produce their products. It's not just Nike, you know, you have other brands like H&M, Zara, um Adidas uh, and dozens of others um including uh car manufacturers like BMW, uh Volkswagen and so forth. And they've all pretty much denied denied it, but um in some cases denied it, others stated that they're looking into it but I think they all know very well what's going on
0: what, what's the company that's the clothing um, I guess wholesaler or the manufacturer that these brands use who is that
1: so it's, it's, uh, it's unclear um, I don't have it on top of my head but uh, people can find a more detailed uh, you know report on this uh, which is uh, it's a report published by the Australian Strategic Policy Institute called Uyghurs for sale. That's literally the um the the title of the report.
0: Okay, and the the other thing that I've been hearing, again, I don't want to share misinformation because I think sometimes if I were China and I wanted to distract from the truth of the abuse of the Uyghur people and other Turkic people and I I want to ask you why you why you you always say that. And I appreciate that you do that. But, you know, inflation destroys value. So that if you could put out misinformation that's easily disproven, then people won't believe anything. Something I've been hearing is that when you go to these kiosks, these malls across the United States, they'll be selling this beautiful, long black hair in these kiosks. Um, and it's been reported that this hair, a lot of this hair is coming from Uyghur women in the camps. Is there truth? any truth to this?
1: Absolutely. Uh, the U.S. government actually um, this past month she's, uh what was it, eight tons worth of uh, human hair that um, was believed to have been from Uyghurs uh, in these concentration camps from East Turkestan.
0: You know, when I was a child, we would hear horrible stories about what how the Nazis would make lamps out of the skin of Jews from the concentration camps and that they would take the gold from their teeth and melt it down. And um, this was unbelievable to think that I can go into a mall, get a coffee, walk around with my kids... Take them to a toy store. Walk past a kiosk, and right there, and arms reach away from me. I am walking past um, hair from women suffering in a genocide. In malls across, this is absolutely unbelievable. You're doing an event tomorrow, tomorrow uh, or today. When, when I don't know when you guys are listening to this, it's going to drop today, um, but you might be listening to a lot of people listen the next day, August fourteenth, eleven a.m. Eastern at the White House. Tell us about your event.
1: So we're going to be having a demonstration, a peaceful demonstration, to protest against China's genocide of the Uyghur and other Turkic peoples in East Turkestan, while also uh, calling on the U.S. government, um, the Trump administration, to end its trade deal with China. Uh, The U.S., and for that matter, any government, shouldn't be engaging in a trade deal with a regime that's locking up millions of people in concentration camps, using them as slave labor <clears throat> and engaging in a mass genocide in the 21st century. Um, furthermore, we all know that China, in one way or another, be it direct or indirectly, has uh, spread the uh, coronavirus to the entire world and even into the United States, uh, which has killed, you know, over 100 people. Uh, Fifty thousand Americans and over seven hundred thousand people across the world. So uh, they they need to answer for that. And doing a trade deal with them is only going to make them stronger and make them, you know, give them time to build up their economy, their military, uh, which will they which will which they will ultimately use to attack against the United States. In fact, you know they're already making preparations for war with the U.S.
0: Now, do you think, you know, that part of the reason why America is finally paying attention to what's happening to the Uyghurs because we are suffering now at the hands of the Chinese because of COVID?
1: I think um, that's one of the reasons. um, I think um, the real reason is, I mean, the current administration, the Trump administration, uh, since it came to, um, you know, uh, office, It's been really uh, prominent in raising the issues of uh, human rights and other um, issues like religious freedom across the world, which you had not seen under the uh, previous administration. So I think it's part of the U.S. government's policy to speak out against these atrocities um, is what really brought some light uh, onto the issue.
0: I don't want to draw you into American domestic politics because your job is to To influence conservatives, liberals, I think all Americans, from the left to the right, we should all be united in in standing with the Uyghur people. We should all be united in speaking out against the greatest genocide of the 21st century. And unlike our great-grandparents during World War II and during the Holocaust, who were, were really crawling out of a depression and they had a weekly newspaper that they couldn't get published in if they wanted to, all of us can relentlessly post on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We can have Flipboard. We can, we can get every article on the Uyghur, which I do, sent right to me through my Flipboard account. Um, so we have really, really no excuse. So I don't want to draw you into American politics, but, but it seems to me, and maybe it's just because I'm conservative, that the left is completely ignoring the plight of the Uyghur. And it's conservatives, and then when I look at the election, people are saying, I need to vote for Biden because he's better for human rights. But I, I don't see the left standing up for human rights at all. And I especially don't see them standing up for the rights of, of the Uyghur. Now, tell me, am I wrong here? Am I missing it? Are there people on the left, I pray, I hope, in Congress or in the Senate that are, that are standing with the White House on this issue?
1: i mean there there are a few senators and congressmen uh in in the uh u s congress um congressmen and women that have on the left that have um, been supportive of um you know the White house's efforts to um counter uh pushback against china over the uh its its uh uh atrocities against the Uyghurs, but it's not enough um as far as you know I don't want to get into, you know, the election debate, but, uh you know, Vice President Biden, you know, during his term, of you know, during the eight years in the Obama administration, when they were in office, um, the Obama administration did not even utter, you know, did not even raise the issue that we wars with China. They didn't even speak out. I mean, the atrocities were going on even then. I mean, it's not something that just happened magically as soon as President Trump came to office. No, it's these camps were actually being built during the time of the uh, um, Obama administration, and uh, they knew it, but they kept silent. Um, and you know, it's just the current administration, the Trump administration, uh, because they actually—it's not just oh, we're going to raise the issue of human rights now. They've not only kept their campaign promises, but they're going of, above and beyond and calling on other countries, um, you know, via Secretary Pompeo, to do the same thing. Um, and that's why there there's more awareness about the wars about what's happening, you know, in East Turkestan. Um, if it had been under the Obama administration, because the government, the administration itself didn't speak out, uh, the media felt that there was no you know, there was no reason to speak out as well. You know what
0: frustrates me about the media? It's not that they don't cover what's happening in East Turkestan, but they'll put it on page B-17. How do you put forced sterilization on B-17? How do you take tons of hair uh, taken from women in concentration camps being sold in, in, in malls across America? How do you put that on page B-17? To me, it's that's even more offensive that they didn't report on it. If they're not reporting on it, I think they don't believe it, or they're ignorant of it. But when they actually have to make the editorial decision, I think every story coming out of East Turkestan is a front-page story. How many front-page stories have you seen in the New York Times or Wall Street Journal on the plight of Uh, the Uyghur in East Turkestan?
1: Very few. I I, I can't honestly say I've, I've seen more than one or two.
0: That is a scandal. I mean,
1: I, I mean, that's a that's a horrible scandal. Unfortunately, um, not many. I'm I'm not sure if there's, you know, some bias in the media on our issue, or if they don't think it's uh, that important. I don't know what it is, but as you mentioned, this is one of the most pressing issues in the 21st century, um, especially in, in 2020, and they should be raising it. I mean genocide happening almost to the scale where it's like a 21st century Holocaust in the making. I mean, they should they should get the media to do their job to report on it and to to, you know, spread awareness, to help spread awareness. And even companies like, you know, newspapers like New York Times, Wall Street Journal and others, you know, they should be writing editorials. You know, calling on the U.S. government and other governments to do more to uh, stop this atrocity.
0: What news organizations, what news organization would you say has been a leader in this? And
1: um, I mean, so you have, I mean, every, everyone does their own thing, but the strongest effective ones that really go into the details of how, how you know, atrocious China is being is, I would say, Fox News.
0: And there you have it. I mean, that's it. It's, it's, it's the right. I, I write for stream.org, and I am so privileged to write for stream.org, and I think they have been front shelving. There's not a week that goes by, maybe not a day that goes by where we don't have a story on the Uyghur. I don't know if you follow the stream, but I would ask everyone listening, follow stream.org, because there is not a, a week that goes by where we're not publishing on the Uyghur. Sally, now for everyone listening at home, can they watch this this protest tomorrow? Is, is it going to be on um, streaming anywhere?
1: Yes, uh, hopefully we're going to be streaming it on uh, Facebook Live under Etnum um, at the Eastern Standard National Awakening Movement. Uh, and you can find our Facebook page on Facebook. And hopefully we'll try to publish, uh, live stream it on uh, our Twitter account as well, which is ET Awakening.
0: And that's it's August 14th. 11 a.m. I'm sorry, yeah, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern in Washington, D.C. I'm going to be in D.C. on Monday. I, I wish that I could have been in town for this. I had the privilege of being with you at a White House event in the past, and it, it would, I would have liked to have been at this event. Um, tomorrow, I don't. You, you probably don't know this, but tomorrow is the feast of my patron saint, St. Maximilian Kolbe. And St. Maximilian Kolbe is a young man in uh, 1917 consecrated his priesthood to the Jews to the Jewish community so here's a Polish priest and ironically um or i guess he was faithful to his commitment in 1941 in a starvation bunker in Auschwitz on Ar- August 14th um after i believe it was um 11 days in a starvation bunker he was the last one alive they injected him with carbolic acid once on August 13th, and he still lived. They threw him back in the bunker, continued to, um, for the all the days he was in the starvation bunker, he prayed the Psalms of David with the the Jews that were with him in the starvation bunker. When he was the last one alive, uh, he he began to pray the rosary. And then on August 14th, they pulled him out of the bunker and injected him with carbolic acid again, and he died in Auschwitz on August 14th, 1941. So to me that you're holding that, your event tomorrow, it just reminds us that we always need Maximilian Kolbe's. We always need people like you, Sali, who live a life, live, you're living your life in solidarity with the most vulnerable people in the world, your people, um, the Uyghur, and you say the other Turkic people of Chinese-occupied East Turkestan. Can you tell us a little bit about who those other people are?
1: Yes. So East Turkestan has Uyghurs, Kazakhs, Kyrgyz, Uzbeks, and Tatars. Uh, Majority of the uh, Uzbeks, Kazakhs, Kyrgyz, they actually have an independent country now. Um, Since 1991, it's known as Kazakhstan, where the Kazakhs, Uzbekistan for the Uzbeks, and uh, uh, for the Tatars, uh, they are actually living under uh, Russian rule um, in in Russia, in what is now Russia.
0: Now, there's an ancient Nestorian Christian community Still there's still a small ancient Christian community in East Turkestan.
1: Um the, our original Nestorian Christian community had uh, been effectively uh you know converted to uh Islam by the uh, 17th to 18th century. However, uh we had Christian missionaries come into East Turkestan once more starting in the uh, late uh, 19th century. And now I would say there's a couple thousand Uyghur Christians uh, in East Turkestan and also outside of East Turkestan.
0: Well, you know, as a Christian, as a Catholic, uh, I know that it is it is the Christian vocation to live a life in solidarity with the vulnerable. That is what it is to be a Christian, and um but the great grace that comes from that is meeting heroes like you. i I you know, I get to meet the most beautiful, courageous human beings on earth, Sally, and I'm grateful to be your friend. And so on this, the feast day of St. Maximilian Kolbe, I would like to ask all my Catholic listeners and all my listeners to donate to you, uh, to support you, because what people, and we're close friends, I know how there's not a large donor base of folks. How many Uyghur are there in the United States?
1: Um, in the United States, I would, I would say around 10,000, maybe a little less, maybe a little bit more.
0: And these, and most of these folks are working class, right? They're just, they're new immigrants. Yes, uh,
1: most of them are still actually waiting for uh, their immigration papers, their asylum status to be approved. Uh, That's another issue that um, we've been trying to get Congress to act upon.
0: So the media is ignoring you, so there's not a lot of sentiment built up. You have an organization with a natural donor base that's very small, and they're new immigrants, they're working class. So I want everyone to donate to you today. So how do they donate?
1: Um, they can visit our website at nationalawakening.org dot org, and uh, you'll find a large uh, donate button on the right side, and they can donate through there.
0: Um... Uh, I'll put the I'll put the donation button in the link. You know, Sally, as we all think we're going to be heroes, right? We all like I would be like Maximilian Colby. I would go to Auschwitz with the Jews. I would die in a starvation bunker willingly. But would we, you know, we're never going to get that chance. I'm never going to be able to trade places with a Uyghur. And, you know, Maximilian Colby volunteered to go in that starvation bunker so someone else didn't have to go. I, I couldn't volunteer to trade places with an Uyghur in East Turkestan to work in a slave labor camp making shoes for Nike. And guess what? Even if I could do that, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But what we can do is we can speak out and we can support your organization. So I, so I want to thank you for your fortitude and your discipline. Is there any last words you want to say before, you, uh, before I let you go?
1: Thank you, and God bless. Um, just everyone, you know, all, all people of faith can at least pray, you know, pray to God that God help us, that God send us help in one way or another to help liberate these people from these concentration camps and to liberate them from oppression.
0: I'm going to pray. And, you know, Republicans and Democrats, if we offended you saying that I don't see the Democrats doing much, step it up. My goal is to, you know, use this election, this national election cycle to get the world talking about what's happening in Chinese-occupied East Turkestan. We have a limited window of opportunity, I believe. And that's why I'm so glad you're doing this event at the White House I want this on the debate stage. I want Joe Biden and President Trump ask their question. How are they going to get those concentration camps closed? What pressures are they willing to put on China to get the Uyghur freed? This is what I want to know. If we can't force this issue into the presidential debate, if we can't force America to have this discussion between now and November, it's going to be very hard after November. This is our time. Absolutely. All right. God bless you, Sally, and thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. God bless you as well,
0: Jason. Aloha. Yeah. All right, everybody. This is this is why I do the show. I would have Sally on every episode. And um we have a growing audience. I want to thank, by the way, Canada. We were in the top 50 shows in Canada last week, the top 50 podcasts in New Zealand last week. We have a growing audience. And by the way, We have a huge audience in Europe, and I think a lot of our audience in Europe is Uyghur, is what I'm guessing, because they're listening because of Sali. We even have people listening across China, which is unbelievable. I wonder how many of them are working for the government. I don't know, or people getting through the firewall. But I want to thank you folks for sharing the show. We are growing. Give us five stars and like the show. You know, it's an eclectic. I talk one day, I'm talking mixed martial arts. The next day I'm talking about um, the Uyghur and Chinese occupied East Turkestan. But the reality is the show exists for this issue. This show exists to knit together a community around the world that is willing to live a life in solidarity with the vulnerable. And um, I want you to support uh, Sally's organization. Look in the show notes. Click on the link. I don't think I've ever done an aggressive pitch like this to donate to my organization click through the link and donate to sally's organization today we have they have a limited opportunity we have the next couple of months to force our country to deal with this situation that we are partners in when our corporations are partnering with chinese manufacturers to use uyghur slaves to make shoes that we buy and put on our children's feet we are a part of this So then we have to be a part. We are part of the problem. So we have to be a part of the solution. Again, give us five stars. Write a nice review. Support Sally's organization. Stand in solidarity with the most vulnerable people in the world. And today, that is the Uyghur. Okay? Until next time, it's the Jason Jones Show. Aloha. This has been the Jason Jones Show. Powered by Mudhouse Media.